Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. For this special episode, my usual co-host Wayne has the week off. Instead, I'm joined by the man that is known by many titles, including teacher, coach, singer, songwriter, but I know him as my little brother. Here is my co-host from the left coast. Here is David Montgomery. Hey, brother. You know, quoting Arrested Development never does get old. Now, did did I do the introduction right? Do you go by David or Dave these days? Um, you know, pretty much only people in my immediate family, including you, call me David. So, yeah, pretty much everyone else in the world calls me Dave. Oh, all right. All right. Fair enough, David. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> so uh, what what uh, I'm going to ask you the question that Wayne and I ask each other on all of our mm -hmm. episodes. So what T-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing my Julian Baker t-shirt. Uh, she is awesome. I saw her a couple summers ago. Um, actually went out and visited you guys out there in Orlando a couple of years ago. And like the day after I got back, um, drove back up to Seattle and saw her play and she was amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, just... Uh, she came up on, you know, one of those people you might like as I was watching some videos on YouTube one day and clicked on it and just absolutely fell in love with her music. So it's uh, good stuff. All right. Fair enough. I had no idea who who Julian was up until two months ago. Uh, she is part of Boy Genius, which is a uh, a trio of her Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dacus, because I already knew Phoebe and Lucy. It came up on my Spotify, uh, Spotify recommended list. And I have pretty much fell in love with that EP. And um, so definitely a recommendation out to all the listeners. Go, go take a listen to boy genius. Right on. Yeah, so back to the uh, back to the T-shirt thing. So in honor of you being my guest today, I am wearing my Neon State T-shirt, and and I I have not given you proper due on some of the episodes. So we've been using the intro music for each of our episodes. It's the the first part of your song. All I'm losing is me, and. I guess I just kind of gave it away. Uh, so Neon State is your band. That's so thanks right. for letting me use that song for our intro. You bet. That's uh, that's exciting. And actually, as we talked uh, earlier uh, today, as we we're trying to work out our schedule, I mentioned that I, I may not actually be in that part of the recording, but I, I gave it a listen again. And kind of, as I said, it's like, I think we might've layered like three or four guitar parts in, in there. So I'm, I'm somewhere down in the mix. <laughs> I'm somewhere way, way in the bottom there. Um, it's not, not my job to uh, play all the hefty guitar parts. I have other people that do that. Well, regardless, it's your song. You wrote it. Yeah. That's yeah. So it's, it's super cool that you guys use that. So sure. Um, yeah, really cool. Thanks for doing that. And I think here's where I put in my shameless plug and say that we are on iTunes and Amazon and Bandcamp and 
all that good stuff. Absolutely. So. Do the, do the shameless plug. Woo. Yeah. Um, we, we are working on the, the Spotify thing. Uh, I looked into that for, for whatever reason it isn't on there yet. So, um, I need to call a few folks and get that figured out. So as you know, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music episodes like these. However, uh, we, instead of talking about a specific album or record, we create top 10 lists based on a topic. And originally I was, originally I was going to do this episode by myself, but after sharing what the concept was with you when I was out uh, out to Washington a few weeks ago. Did I, did I invite you to be my co-host or did you just kind of say, Hey, I want to be on your, on your podcast. <laughs> um, I think you actually did invite me, but before you even did that, I, I was going to say something like, Hey, if you ever need a guest host, give, give me a call. Right. But uh, yeah, you did invite me, which I appreciate. So in keeping with that, what what's our topic today our dad it's dad exactly yeah. so let me let me let me back up a few weeks ago um in in september i went on a cruise with my wife and some some of her family members and right before we went on the cruise our dad went to the doctor he wasn't feeling like himself um he thought that there was a growth of some nature what on his neck? Is that right? On his Correct. neck. Yeah. And he, he thought that he needed to, to get that checked out, went to the doctor, was told that uh, it could be something serious. They did a number of additional tests. Um, the original diagnosis was originally lymphoma. That diagnosis came like three days before I boarded my cruise. Yeah. So without any access to you know, phone service or Wi-Fi to call them to see how things were going. Yeah, you could have um, paid for that Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't going to pay for the Wi-Fi. Not on a cruise. I mean, they they charge you like three hundred dollars for Wi-Fi per day or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, the whole beauty of a cruise for me is usually to cut myself off from the outside world. And in this particular situation, was both good and bad bad because i really didn't know what was going on with dad i uh, didn't know what additional tests had been conducted you know what his health was going to be like while i was gone and you know of course because i am my mother's son i worried a lot about the old man <laughs> and and because i'm the guy who also thinks in terms of glass half empty you know i was kind of expecting the worst during some moments of downtime on the ship, I was I was writing out episode notes for the podcast. Uh, we were just getting ready to Wayne and I were just getting ready to, to to launch the podcast. So, you know, I was I was putting together some episode notes, and and one of the episodes that I was making notes about, as well as listening to the album, was for our episode on Neil Young's Harvest. I'm here. I am. I'm re-listening to you know, the Neil Young song, Old Man. And if you've really listened to the words, um, yeah, I was really thinking about my old man. And really from there, this top 10 list was was kind of born. What came out of putting together most of this top 10 list was just a real, a greater appreciation of 
his role in my life, you know, cause I had, I'd already had plans to fly back out to Washington for the Huskies BYU football game. And with that, I was able to spend, you know, a little extra time with dad. And, and then of course, talking to you about doing this episode, which I thought about just doing myself because I felt like it could potentially get a little bit of emotional. I'm, I'm glad you graciously agreed to be my guest host for, for this. So, um, you know, thanks very much for, for joining me on this. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I wish that we had some, some good news to share about dad's condition. Um, you know, he's still undergoing some additional tests. Um, they did a PET scan on him last week and, um, I mean, what was the surgery yesterday? It was kind of a, a biopsy, is that right? Yeah, biopsy. Um, just checking out uh, one of the, the lymph nodes. Um, you know, the the original news when, when you went on your cruise was, was basically, you know, hey, dad doesn't feel too great. Um, his neck is so swollen, he can't even button the top button on his dress shirt. You know, it was just pretty pretty crazy. So, um, you know, they're, they're getting, getting that checked out, taking care of stuff. So it's still, still pretty early. Um, you know, to, to maybe tack on to, to what you just said there, you know, I'm coaching high school soccer right now. And on Tuesday we had this, this massive victory in a district playoff game at home. We won eight to nothing, just absolutely dominated this game. Um, I'm the JV coach as well as the varsity assistant. So a couple of my JV kids got brought up to the, the district game to the varsity and one of them scored. So I'm just, I'm, I'm over the moon, but also in the back of my head, you know, mom had messaged me, Hey, come talk to me after the end of the game, you know? And so she kind of told me what was going on and it was, it was, you know, pretty surreal experience to have, you know, these two massive emotions going on of like, you know, we just won one of the biggest games in the soccer program's history, you know, and, and also, you know, Hey, dad's not doing too great. And we're going to go in for this biopsy and we're going to figure out what's going on, you know? So, yeah, uh, you know, it's like I said, it's still pretty early stages. I know you're a glass glasses, half empty kind of guy. And, and I don't know if I'm necessarily a glass is half full, but I'm still definitely kind of like, well, you know, at the, at the moment we haven't heard anything definitive yet. So I'm just going to kind of chill and wait and see. Uh, we put together the, our list. These are all songs that remind us of our dad, maybe because of specific experiences or maybe because of the lyrics themselves. But should we talk about our lists? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I know that you've got an honorable mention for dad. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, I didn't put together any honorable mentions, but uh, tell me what your honorable mention is. So now, first off, I have to say, when you when you first asked me I would, to, to do this episode, I was absolutely ecstatic. I, I thought this was such a cool idea. Um, you know, all of us have songs that remind us of our parents and, and you know, even siblings and but then I realized the day or two later, I'm like, crap, I think I got like five songs. You know, it was it was a struggle for me. But then once I thought about it a little bit more, then I ended up with a, with an 11th song. 
Um, so honorable mention for me, and I, I, I know my list has some weird songs in there, but my honorable mention, yeah, yeah, I, I know, <laughs> but my, my list has some weird inclusions and the one that didn't quite make it for me is actually the Simpsons theme song, um, which sounds like a, you know, kind of a silly thing to include, um, but, you know, way, way back when, when The Simpsons started, I was still in elementary school. And um, I, I didn't actually watch a whole lot of them at first. And, you know, when you're that young, your parents pretty much dictate what's going to be on the television. But um, as I got a little bit older and would watch stuff on my own, dad started watching it with me, uh, more or less to see if there was anything negative that inappropriate oh inappropriate um (laughs) you know anything inappropriate that bart was doing or saying or you know homer was doing and and uh you know next thing you know like dad's laughing with me and sometimes laughing even harder uh than i am um to this day mom hates the show or at least she says she does because there's moments where she'll be in the same room and something happens and we catch her laughing. And of course, as soon as she laughs, dad and I are very quick to point it out. Um, so, <laughs> so we, we know mother, you, you, you say it's inappropriate, but we, we see you laughing over yeah, there. I just remember when the Simpsons came out uh, initially that they were all about no we don't want to watch this this is not good stuff so yeah so so there definitely was a um a a changing of that attitude as they got older which hey good on them all right so so what do you got <laughs> for your your actual number 10 then so my number 10 song is just kind of like uh, my honorable mention pick. It's also another television theme song. My number 10 pick is the Rockford Files theme song. So this song actually charted at number 10 on the adult contemporary charts in 1975, which kind of blew my mind. Um, didn't realize theme songs actually did that. Uh, but uh, This was composed um, by two guys, uh, but one in particular is a pretty famous uh, composer, Mike Post. He's won a bunch of Grammys for a bunch of his theme songs and other things that he, he's done. Um, kind of famously the law and order theme song and also the very iconic dun dun sound yeah like that's that is also mike post um so also his highest charting song that he's ever had was the theme to the greatest american hero which reached number two in 1981 um that is another song i could put in my honorable mention list because uh yeah, you know, that was a song that, you know, dad also loved to listen to. Um, but for me, my my other, like, favorite theme from Mike Post was the A-Team theme. Um, 
let's see, his collaborator was Pete Carpenter, who used to score a lot of different um, a lot of different shows back in the seventies and eighties. So uh, they were quite the powerhouse team when they teamed up for that theme song. Um, so my my reason why I picked this though um, was for much of my childhood, dad worked from home. Um, he had built a, a dental lab in the garage, uh, was a two car garage and came, became a one car garage after he built his dental lab yeah. out there. Um, and you know, during a lot of my childhood, especially during the summer, I would watch a lot of the old syndicated shows that would be on. And one of the shows that, uh, channel 13, the Fox uh, affiliate out here in the Seattle region, uh, they would play the Rockford Files. And so dad would would wake up bright and early to start his work day at about 9 or 10 a.m. And uh, he would be eating his breakfast while we watched some, some of these old shows. So one of his favorites and even one of my favorites to watch uh, with him was the Rockford Files. And, you know, of course, who doesn't love an old crabby James Gardner because he reminds me so much of dad. <laughs> uh yeah i can totally see the uh the comparisons of james garner to dad i think it's it's like one of his own personal heroes right I, it has to be i mean the only thing i'm I'm sure james gardner has a lot more cussing and drinking but uh you know outside of that yeah yeah <laughs> all right uh my number 10 is a kind of an obscure song from 1976 this is uh david dundas with jeans on when i wake up And I was a little kid when this song came out, but dad used this song as the basis of a skit that he did for scouts. And I remember the skit just being really goofy, you know, case in point that um, there's a, there's a line about, you know, I got a tiger in the tank and dad tried to recreate the line uh, about that. He used one of my stuffed animals to pull um, he pulled one of those stuffed animals out of the gas tank that was attached to the main character's bicycle, like he had his jeans on. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I remember this song so much. <laughs> because like I said, it you know, it, I'm sure with us playing this, this will be the very first time that anyone has ever heard this song. It was it was a number 17 hit on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Um, and it was originally in a television advertising jingle for Brutus Jeans, which I don't never heard of never them either. Of so them. I don't know. I don't know if that is a European thing. And this, I guess this, this David Dundas, he is a, a, like a Duke or something in, in Europe. 
he was born in Oxford and he he is the son of of some you know some some duke or or whatnot so um anyways that's that's one of the first recollections that I have of of dad and music and it's just stupid that I remember it but there there it is there's 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 my number 10 there's my number 10 Uh, before before we get into my nine I have to say I had never heard of this song and uh when you played me a clip uh when you came out here to visit you played me a clip of this song and my my recollection was definitely what the hell did I just listen to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and so that was just the clip and uh once we got our list compiled i started listening to uh the list which shameless plug for you you have put on spotify yes, yes um, i have so check check out follow my brother there what what is your uh, username on ben spotify montgomery. again yeah ben montgomery okay so um um i finally listened to the full thing i finally listened to your the spotify playlist that you made and I listened to the whole song uh, while I was driving and the song just kept going on and going on and going on. I'm like, when does this stupid song end? And then I realized that the song was actually only three minutes long. So <laughs> that's, that's my reaction to your uh, number 10 pick there, buddy. That, that's great. <laughs> All right. What's uh, what's your number nine? Okay, number nine, uh, which uh, coincidentally enough is actually playing about five minutes down my road right now um, at the local casino. Uh, It is the band America with a horse with no name. Uh, Horse with No Name reached number one in 1971 in the United States, Canada, and even in Finland. Uh, but here in the States, it replaced Neil Young's Heart of Gold on the U.S. chart. I figured I'd throw that in since I know you're Absolutely. such a Neil Young fan. Um, crazy enough, some stations actually refused to play this song because they believed that it was referencing heroin. Which, if you know our father, this is obviously the reason why I picked this song. Okay, yeah, just yeah, kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Um, okay, for for me, why I included this song, you know, kind of goes back to, you know, what memories do you have with dad? You know, work, um, work again, work, part of his work and chores. <laughs> I, I feel like we need a, a good old Jack Arnold reference from the Wonder Years right about now. You know, hey, Dad, work how's work? work? Yep. <laughs> um, so part part of what Dad did as uh, so he was a dental technician, like I mentioned earlier in the pot here, that he um, he had a dental lab in in our garage in our house, but. Uh, he had to pick up, you know, different errands from different dentists and, and take them work after it was finished. And so uh, when I was younger, my dad would basically plot me into the car or more than likely his truck 
and take me out on his errands uh, when I was too young to be left, a, you know, left at home. And so he'd always have his truck tuned to good old KOMO 1000 AM out of Seattle and had Husky football, Paul Harvey, and of course, good old AM radio, adult contemporary music. So uh, for me, A Horse With No Name was, you know, one of these songs that came on while, you know, riding around in the car with, with dad. And uh, it was one of those songs that always kind of stuck out for me. You know, I always really, really enjoyed that song. Um, another song that could easily be included in this list for me was America's 1982 single, You oh, Can yeah. Do Magic. Um, definitely fits the bill. I mean, to me, that's such a dad song as well because it's soft rock. It's catchy. It's completely inoffensive. <laughs> and... Uh, that song just just reeks of dad song or even to a lesser extent, you know, mom in the car as well um, for whenever dad was doing his errands or whenever the family's together yep. you know, on long trips. That's why I picked that, Horse That's no funny name. that you're going from the inoffensive song to my number nine song is a song that always offended my dad. And, <laughs> and this is... Uh, this is, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Well, just we'll give a listen. So my number nine song is by the Beatles. This is Hey Jude. Hey Jude, don't be afraid. You were made to go out and get her. The minute you let her under your skin. And even though mom and dad got married in 1964, they they weren't part of the world that was transformed by the Beatles. You know, I always wanted to hear their story about, you know, where were you guys when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan? And um, I don't think they even know. <laughs> they, you know, they, there was no life-changing moment for either one of them. And I think that dad really hated John Lennon. Like, <laughs> like I, I remember, I remember when John Lennon, you know, got shot, they announced it on Monday night football, you know, even as a, as a 10 year old, um, you know, that was one of those, oh my gosh, one of the Beatles just died for him. I, I don't think that there was any, uh, you know, shock. It was just like, uh, oh, another person's dead. Okay. <laughs> but I know, he, but I know he really hated this song. Because anytime this song ever came on, he reminded me of how much he hated, especially the 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 na 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 parts at the end of the song. He hated the That's fact so that, that it was just a really long song. And I can't remember how long the actual song is. I think it's like a, a six and a half minute yeah, song or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I went through a little bit of a Beatles um phase during during my later high school years. And I don't think he liked the fact that I kind of gravitated to to John for for 
quite some time. In fact, right before I went on my mission, the uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the sunglasses that I bought were the round John Lennon type yeah. of type of uh, type of glasses. And I'm, I'm sure that just infuriated dad. But yeah. I, I do remember yeah. those. So yeah. there's 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 my number uh, there's my number nine. Such a good song though. I just uh, but you know I I feel like you you really really hit it and I'm and I know this is going to come up again. It's like hey mom hey dad it's like the Beatles they're pretty cool huh and just both of them like eh. right. It's like dudes the Beatles are so good I, how could you not yeah that that to be honest, has always baffled me uh, about about dad and, and mom to a lesser extent, too. It's like, how do you not like the Beatles to each their own, like, I guess? I, can, I guess I can kind of understand him not liking, because I know that he hates Mick Jagger. So I can, <laughs> I, I can, I can kind of get that, just because, you know, Jagger had a little bit of that rock front man. But the Beatles, mm-hmm. I mean... How inoffensive even, even is the Paul old McCartney? Beatles, even like 1964 Beatles, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I want to hold your hand. Like, come on, dude, he's not, they're not even talking about kissing, they just right. want to hold hands. Yeah, they're that's pretty inoffensive, yes, right? Me. <laughs> they're not even on first base yet, yeah. <laughs> we're we're still just trotting out of the, the, the batting circle here. <laughs> we're not even up to we're not even in the batter's right, box right, yet man exactly all right all oh, right what's your number what's your number eight maybe, maybe another low-key uh baseball reference since uh there wasn't a baseball player of this name who was quite good uh <laughs> but let's give it up for kenny rogers uh the song that i picked for number eight is the gambler All right, so this song might be the first song I remember singing in the truck with Dad, um, which I should also point out, Dad is not the greatest of singers in the world, but hey, when you got Kenny Rogers going on in the background and you're in a loud truck, who cares, right? Um, Hey, man, uh, adult contemporary music is definitely something I don't listen to a lot of. Um, it even wasn't when I worked as a DJ in an adult contemporary radio station. Uh, but there's a few of these old songs that I, I just absolutely just dig. I still dig it. And for me, The Gambler is one of those songs from this era. Again, when I was listening to the, the Spotify playlist that you made, uh, the other day I turned it on, the gambler came on and I just, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just driving and I just started singing along again, you know? So for me, this is one of those first like sing along songs. Um, absolutely dug it, uh, to, to get away from the baseball references. Uh, I did find out that the Houston gamblers of the old USFL actually named themselves nice. after this song. 
and give give a little tip of the cap to Kenny Rogers, who was okay. originally from Houston. Uh, well, you nuts. know, it's yeah. the wood that makes it good. Uh, are are you referencing all the wood that we had to well, split as the, no? As young I, men? I mean, or, yeah, or, yeah, uh, you can kidding. absolutely <laughs> interpret that way. Um, you know, Kenny Rogers roasters. <laughs> you know, shout out, sh- sh- shout out to the chicken. So, no, I was just gonna say it's funny that you mentioned Kenny Rogers roasters. As I was doing some research, I definitely clicked on that Wikipedia page. And Kenny Rogers Roasters is still a thing Where? overseas. <laughs> like, I think I saw, I, I, you know what? I'm going to have to Google it. I, I'm, you might have to just come back to me on this one here in a little bit. But I think I saw like Dubai and like Singapore really? or something like that. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So how about this? Why don't you go into your next song? I'll look up some info real quick okay. and, and we'll come back to it. <laughs> All right. E- easy enough. So my number eight is also a Kenny Rogers song. And this is called They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. I just can't find a reason these days. And it seems like the sea. Seasons are passing me, they're going by. Nothing to hold on to. Rough times, and it goes on. So count on me, and I'll count on you. You can lean on me. Two of us are stronger. When I got my Eagle Scout Award, this was the song that Dad uh, used as the background music for a slideshow that he made. Um, it's a slideshow that was capturing my scout days and also the scout days of one of my best friends, Richard, who was also getting his Eagle Eagle Scout Award at the same time. This comes from the the album also called They Don't Make Them Like They Used To, and it was used as the theme song to the box office movie Tough Guys. This is actually a song that is written by songwriting heavy hitters Burt Bacharach and Carol Bayer Sager. So just a little more info on that particular album. There is a song on it called You're My Love, and it was written by someone named Joey Coco. <laughs> any any idea who Joey Coco actually is? If I did not see your notes, I would have had no guess. I would have said uh, Joey Coco was uh, that a pseudonym right. for Joey Cora? Right. Uh, Former no, Mariners second uh, that baseman was Prince. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that blows my mind. Kenny, Kenny Rogers singing a Prince song, and that's, and just uh, that's awesome. and just the fact that he called himself Joey Coco. I'm like, it's just, it's just <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> uh, the album was a success on the country charts. It had a single called "20 Years Ago" that peaked at number two. This uh, this particular song only was number 53 in the country charts, but it did did well it hit number 10 on the contemporary charts look honestly it's not a great song uh, even even for 
you know, Kenny Rogers standards, but dad thought well enough that he, he used this as the, uh, the song to kind of have a tribute to, to me and Richard. So I appreciated the, the sentiment very much that, uh, you know, they don't, they don't make them like they used to. And hopefully I've, I've lived up to that, uh, to that standard for him. All right. Tell me what your number seven is. Oh, uh, before oh, we go oh. to number seven, I definitely have an answer. You got a Kenny Rogers roaster Be- update. Your, I tell you right now, the, your your fans want to know where they can get some Kenny Rogers roasters chicken. Um, so apparently, uh, as of 2012, there are 74 of them in Malaysia and eight in Indonesia. They've also opened operations in Hong Kong, Bangladesh, the Philippines, China, um, and recently in Cambodia, the United Arab Emirates uh, in Dubai. That's crazy, man. A flop here in the U.S., but, uh, you know, people, people love the gambler's chicken. I love this number seven pick. It's, a, it's again, kind of one of those things with, uh, the Gambler and Kenny Rogers for me, where this is a song that when I hear it, it kind of lives in my head for a while. Uh, my number seven song is If This Is It by Huey Lewis. Uh, again, this is another truck song, as I'll call them, I, I guess. Uh, you know, I when I think of this song, I inherently think it back to dad. You know, as this is a song that I heard while we were in the truck uh, running errands. While you know, I can't. Hear, dad was doing I can't hear work. Huey Lewis anymore um, without thinking about American so, Psycho. I know. Um, but Brett Easton Ellis is You're the sick, one who's bro. sick who made a serial killer uh, like Huey Lewis. Well, um, you know, it's it's the soundtrack for no, okay, maybe not. Uh, but anyways, uh, for me, this song is is again kind of the soundtrack for being around Dad, you know, during this time time era and. You know, kind of, kind of similar to being in the in the truck with him. Um, you know, in in third grade, uh, our our parents pulled me from daycare. Now, for for you listeners, my brother is eleven years older than me, so you were off doing your own thing. Yep. Uh, you were on your mission at that time, and and so mom and dad pulled me uh, from daycare to save a little money. Um, I didn't require the same amount of supervision as, you know, a third grader, you know, you know, as a kindergartner might need. So, you know, I could hang out in the house and and watch, watch cartoons. And if I needed something, I could go ask dad. But uh, a lot of times I would just hang out in the lab with him and he had a little corner of the lab uh, where, you know, I could store a couple of my toys and little knickknacks and stuff. And sometimes he'd give me little menial tasks you know, where I could help him do some stuff around the lab, which was always really fun. But, you know, for me, 
Huey Lewis in the news. It's it's it, this is one of those ultimate '80s songs for me. You know, it, it was super catchy. Really captured this snapshot of time. You know, Sports and Four by Huey Lewis in the news. Those are great albums, but you know, music changed so much after this. So, I, I have a hard time imagining Huey Lewis in the news in the '90s. You know, th- those two things just don't go together. Um, and in fact, they only released two albums in the entire decade in the 90s, uh, including 1991's Hard at Play. It only peaked at 27 in the United States. But as I was looking and doing some deep, deep research, uh, it was number seven in Zimbabwe. So way, way to hit the top 10 in Zimbabwe. And, and I bet they were big in Belgium as well. They were definitely big yeah, in Belgium yeah. as well, yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So what's uh what's your number 7? So my number 7 is The Eagles and this is Seven Bridges Road. There is moonlight and moss in the trees. Down the seven bridges road. You know, you, you just mentioned how Huey Lewis reminds you of doing, you know, menial tasks and, and helping dad out. Listening to Seven Bridges Road, it totally reminds me of the rental house that we had in Tenina, Washington. So background information. Um, we grew up in Tacoma for the most part. Me, until I went to college you up until what uh junior high uh through junior high through junior high and we had a rental house in tonino which is uh you know an hour away from tacoma and we i i remember helping dad clean clean out this 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 house that was where my grandparents lived until they they passed away dad felt like he could make some extra money on this this house. We rented it out to a couple different renters and then uh one of the times that, that we were turn you know turning uh, turning this over to a new renter, I remember going down uh and we spent like the whole weekend just cleaning stuff out in this house. The irony of this is a few months later, that renter had mistakenly burnt down the rental house and uh, basically had to had to be had to be uh, condemned. And from those ashes, dad rebuilt a new house. That's the house that you guys eventually moved into once you escaped Tacoma. That's right. And it was and it was that time period that like the song, um, you know, dad had some of his own bridges to to cross to determine what was best, you know, going out on his own. You already mentioned about the dental lab. This was around the time that he was making some decisions about, you know, whether or not he wanted to be his own boss, that he no longer wanted to work for the man. And so he instead 
became the man. And, you know, this was right around the time as well that I had my own bridges to cross, becoming a teenager, deciding that the roads that mom and dad wanted to take me down were, I always thought that they were mistakes because, you know, I was a teenager, but I had, you know, all of these, all of these different bridges to cross and, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those songs that I, it, it came on the radio a couple different times while we were, while we were cleaning. And I just, I now equate that with, with dad. Yeah. And, um, and, and with that, I do equate a lot of the Eagle songs with that. I mean, going back to you, what you were talking about with the, you know, the adult contemporary type of type of sound and, um, well, Eagles, a lot of Eagle songs would, would fit into that criteria. Absolutely. All right. What's, uh, what's your number six? Uh, my number six is Greenback Dollar by the Kingston Trio. Some people say I'm a no count. Others say I'm no good. But I'm just a natural born traveling man. Doing what I think I should. Oh yeah. Doing what I think I should. And I don't give a damn about a greenback of dollar. Spend it fast as I can. For a wailing song and a good guitar. The only things that I understand. Oh boy. I'm glad that you found at least something in dad's record collection that you liked. I mean, I, I remember going through his, his record collection thinking that I was going to find some hidden gems where I could say, Oh, cool. I didn't realize that dad was a Zeppelin fan or he was like a stones fan or some other cool band from the sixties. And then going through the first couple records, you know, it was like, Peter, Paul, and Mary. It was the Letterman. It was, you know, uh, um, what was some of the other stuff that was part of Dad's collection? I mean, there there just wasn't anything that I found was cool. So I gave up and I moved on to purchasing my own records instead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't blame me at all. Um, it was, <laughs> I'll admit, I I did the same thing as you did years later, um, you know, going through old records, uh, into Nino after we had moved and you're right. It was, it was just so hard to, to, to find this. I found tons of, tons of Johnny Mathis and, and the Letterman and, and, and of course the Kingston trio, Kingston trio being a favorite of dad's. And, um, you know, I just, I figured one day I was like, okay, I don't really know any of these guys. I'll give them a try. And, uh, the album that Greenback Dollar is on just so happened to have this promotional sticker on it uh, for Greenback Dollar. And so it's like, well, um, if, if they're going to have have that on there, then heck, maybe I'll, I'll give it a try. And so I, I, I put it in and the song starts off with, you know, palm muted power chords and, um, you know, goes into the you know, I don't give a damn about a greenback adult, you know, and it's like, Oh my goodness. They said the word damn. And this was, this is a record that dad owns. Um, but anyways, just between the, the palm muted power chords in the beginning, 
the fact that there's a dam in there, um, to me, it just sounds like a punk song. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe one day I'm just going to have to do a one-off punk band and, and we'll have to cover this song. So, so this song, just a little background on it, was written by Hoyt Axton uh, originally, and, and he's, he did a lot of his own folk music, but also some rock and roll stuff. Uh, he might be the most famous for writing the song joy to the world. Okay. Um, which is pretty cool. So, uh, this was one of his songs. Um, again, uh, the Kingston trio made it pretty famous as their own. Um, some also little side notes with the Kingston trio. They still exist in some way, shape or form. Um, I, I believe one of the sons of one of the original guys uh, still goes around and performs uh, with two other guys. They own the the copyrights and the trademarks and, and whatnot with, with blessings from a couple of the older guys. So uh, there's still some young guys that go around and, and travel and, and play as the Kingston Trio, which is kind of cool. My number six is Chances Are by Johnny Mathis. Chances are Cause I wear a silly grin The moment you come into view Chances are you think that I'm in love with you This was Mom and Dad's favorite singer, or I guess maybe I should say this is Mom and Dad's favorite singer. (laughs) And every time I hear him, I think of Mom and Dad. And after I think about Mom and Dad, I typically follow that thought with one phrase. And I bet I know that phrase. The phrase is, I hate Johnny Mathis, and that's all I'm going to say about Johnny Mathis. So what's your number five song? Before we go into that, I oh, do we? I, do you I really want to talk no, about I, Johnny Mathis? Come on, no, I really don't. I just I want to go back to you know what we said of it was hard to go through mom and dad's record collection and try to find something that we that either of us would like, right. especially when it felt like half of that record collection is Johnny Mathis. There's so much piles and piles of it, but. Uh, Anyways, no, I'm with you. We can we can move okay. on. Okay. What's, what's your number five? <laughs> All right. My number five uh, is one of the best one-hit wonders uh, around. This is Matthew Wilder and Break My Stride. All right, for this song, uh, again, it it first off, it definitely fits the motif for me of you know the the late seventies, early eighties, even mid eighties kind of sound, where you know dad's working in the lab or running errands in the truck, and I'm traveling around with him or palling around in the lab. 
Um, but the other thing for this song, and every time I hear it, I just I think the same, the same thing that this is the single dorkiest song that I have ever heard in my life. And I also picked this song because, quite frankly, our dad is a big dork. <laughs> so <laughs> I I had to pick this song. Um, again, like we mentioned, you know, hey, dad, do you like the Beatles? No, no. You know, hey, want to listen to such and such? Oh, Johnny Mathis is fine. You, you, um, you, you no. know that you just, if dad's going to listen to this episode, which he might. <laughs> I hope he does. He's going to be completely offended. <laughs> of, <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be completely offended that you called him a dork because I remember dad in high school telling me, and he even brought this, he even brought this up the last time I was up there that, um, he was like, well, you know, back in, in my high school days, uh, dork mean meant penis. <laughs> which, which so, is the dorkiest explanation for the word dork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. All right. Any, anything else on Matthew Wilder before I move um, on? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I, I guess I have to say this too, before I mention a little bit more about Matthew Wilder himself is I, I bet so many people feel the same way about their folks, you know, uh, that their, their dorks are out of touch or, or whatever. And, you know, we've, we've been teasing about it this whole time. And I, I think for me too, um, as you know, more than you, um, you know, dad, dad was quite a bit older when I was born. And, you know, if, if, if dad was almost 46, actually, when I was born. So, I mean, if you can kind of do the math, if there's, there's really two generations between dad and I. So, um, you know, I've, I've always appreciated, you know, everything that dad has done. And I remember being a little kid in elementary school with, you know, bring your parent to the, to lunch day and, and, you know, kids would be like, oh, that's so cool that your grandpa came. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, that's, that's my dad. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, I, I, I guess I, I also kind of understand, like, because of that age gap, like, I probably am going to think dad is, is a dork more than a lot of other kids. Um, just because, like I said, there's, there's essentially two generations between he and I. Yeah. Um, you know, and we live in very different worlds, you know, at the, at the end of high school, we were getting the internet into our house. And when, you know, when dad was growing up, you know, pre high school, we're talking about the depression in world war two. So, um, yeah, pretty different. Um, before we get on to you, to your number five pick here though, one thing, when I mentioned Matthew Wilder in this particular song, you know, I kind of mentioned one hit wonder had him almost like whatever happened to that guy to which you informed me that he's gone on to be a producer and songwriter. Um, and probably his biggest producing credit was tragic kingdom by the band, no doubt, uh, which is, that's cool, man. That's pretty I, legit. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool stuff. So, 
um, he's gone on to. Um... Yeah. Uh, so, so let me go on to, go to, to, to my number five, because I think it, it, it goes to your point about, you know, some dorky music. So this is, um, this yeah. is hollow notes. I, I can't go for that. could put nearly any song by hollow notes on this list it's one of those few bands that i think dad and i actually could agree on maybe maybe the eagles would be up there but we we don't agree much on on music um maybe maybe not man eater or adult education those are probably too risque for dad to like um scandalous i know scandalous um, you know, and I saw Hollow Notes finally live last year, and their performance kind of reminded me of Dad today, which is um a little tired and a little bored. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Dad, I love you. You know, I love you. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, go, going back to your to your point about you know just the 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 dorky music so going back to what you were saying about you know dad being being a goofball whatever you want to call it um dork i'm not going to use dork because that's a penis david oh no um so you know it's kind of an inevitable that your kids just they'll look up to you as your hero for a short time. And then it's inevitable where once they get a little bit older and they become a teenager and they start having their own opinion of what is cool, it's inevitable that they just don't think that you're cool. Like I know my kids, my kids don't think I'm cool and, and I'm fine with that. It's, it's okay. Um, I think I'm cool. They just, you know, they they just don't. You're cool and, to me, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's why you're my favorite brother. Oh, I'm your only brother though. Uh, but you're my favorite. Yay. Um, so yeah, I just think that it's inevitable that we will 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 think that our parents are not cool, but I I will tell you this. And I'm not just saying this because I think mom and dad are, are going to listen to this episode is you have that realization when you become an adult that your parents, even though they weren't super cool, that they still gave you some good advice. Not, not always because some of the advice that they gave really sucked, 
<laughs> but you know, some of the advice. Kudos. All right. What's your number? What's your number four? All right. My number four, like I've said way at the beginning of this podcast, I have kind of an odd list. My number four pick is on Wisconsin. Right on Wisconsin for me is much better known as on Tonino. So this pick uh, is kind of just a, a nod to you know where Dad grew up and where I basically say that I grew up. As you mentioned earlier, uh, bro, that you know we we ended up moving from Tacoma and the the city down to rural Tonino an hour south and. Uh, we moved to the the farm, the family farm, where uh, my dad had, let's see, he and his two older brothers and his parents moved there when he was only three, way back in 1937. So the, he's the farm a, has been... He's, he's old. He's, he's, he's old. old. He's, he's very old. <laughs> so um, my, you know, our family has been either renting that property or went to our uncle Norman who then sold it to dad. Like it's been in the family since that time. Right. And now while you and our sister graduated from high school up there in Tacoma, I graduated from high school from Tonino where dad and his two older brothers graduated from. To me, that was you know, that was big for me. Um, you know, Tacoma kind of changed in those last few years that we lived there, you know, the, the suburb that we lived in kind of went from being kind of the, the cool little suburb that you might see on an episode of the wonder years to like, Oh, we live in the city now and it kind of sucks. Right. And, uh, so we moved down there and I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I, I still live in the area um, I currently coach um, out there at, at Tonino while working as a teacher in the neighboring school district and, and coaching there as well. But, you know, for me, it was it, this, this, the reason why I picked the song was that connection to Tonino and that, you know, this is, this is home. That, you know, if there is one thing that I have a connection with dad with, you know, on a very deep scale, like it's, it's our we're just drawn to the farm. We're just drawn to Tonino. It's home for us, you know, and, and maybe I know it isn't the same for you. Um, but you know, we, I think I definitely saw that in our yeah, sister yeah. and her kids, you know, her, our niece Erica has two little ones now and, and she comes up and brings them up to the farm to visit with mom and dad a lot our sister's other two kids come up whenever they can. Uh, they're usually very busy and, and uh, scraping to get by. So, you know, they don't come up nearly as much, but you know, even other members of the family, our, our cousin Norma, um, you know, love yeah. to visit out there and her two sons as well. You know, our, our cousin Jason, I remember him staying out there for, you know, a week at a time, a couple times. And, 
you know, un- unfortunately in our family, both our, our sister and our cousin Norma has passed away, but, you know, they're also buried in Tenino. Melinda never lived there. Um, Norma never really lived there, but that's where, that's where family is, you know? She had, she definitely had that emotional tug towards this was the, this was the Montgomery plot. You know, this was, yeah. this had been in the Montgomery name forever. And, and I know, I know that this is, it's a little bit of a touchy, touchy subject with mom and dad. Cause I, I don't, I don't have that emotional tug towards, um, towards the farm. I mean, it, it, it does hold a special place in my heart because, you know, you didn't know grandma, grandma Montgomery and grandpa Montgomery, they had passed away when you were still a baby, but that was, that's what the farm means to me. And the farm now is where mom and dad live. And, you know, every time mom says, Oh, you're coming home. I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) no, I'm, Oh, yeah. Home, home is Orlando, yeah. but actually, I just knowing you, home isn't necessarily a place. Home, home to you is people, and, and yeah. your immediate family and your your people are out there in Orlando. Right. And like, I, I, I totally get that, you know. And and you know, for whatever reason, you know, you and I are are different in that way. And that like home isn't just, you know, people, but it's, it is also a physical location for me. So, you know, while, uh, you know, I, so long as I live somewhere in this area, I'm going to be happy. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be within this little dinky town. It's Nino. I can live in Rochester, you know, where I am right now, but you know, yeah, you're you're right though. Like most of us in the family, for whatever reason, have that tug to the farm. You know. Um, yep. But uh, yeah. all right, moving. Anyways, yeah, you're number four, man. Move, moving on is uh, Carol King's "So Far Away." You're just time away. Long ago, I reached for you. And this is this is another song that is uh, is a adult contemporary classic. Um, so I stole Dad's cassette tape of Tapestry back uh, back in the early '90s. It was I was looking for um, I don't know what I was looking for out in the lab. Um, I was more Johnny Mathis. No, sure. I was actually probably going out there to, to <laughs> steal candy. Cause that's where dad, 
stepdad always had a stash oh, of yeah. candy. Somewhere. So much, so much good candy. Out yeah. There. Um, so I, I saw that he had this tape and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a, that's a good tape. So I, so I took it um, and took it on a road trip and the road trip just happened to be um, going to school in Utah. And um, I kept it for years. And in fact, I finally returned it on one of my trips, trips uh, home in the early 2000s. And he probably doesn't even know that I took it from him. <laughs> so, so dad, if you're, if you're listening, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and uh, it's in your lab somewhere. And good luck trying to find it. Okay, moving on. What's uh, what's your number three? Uh, some other adult contemporary gold right here. It is Elton John's Tiny Dancer. This is almost too cool of a song to be on our list, I think. This is a cool this song. song. This song is a warm blanket on a cold winter night. It's a comfortable lazy boy recliner that just beckons a nap on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, wait. Now I now I get it. Because yeah. You just described lazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not just on a Sunday afternoon. It's like um, a beckoning a nap every afternoon and every morning and every evening and every, every, <laughs> and every, um, every minute. <laughs> do, do you think he sleeps more in the recliner or yes. in his own bed? Yes. I'm not even going to let you finish that question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think nowadays, uh, I'm pretty sure Dad falls asleep in the Lazy Boy, uh, watching some maybe some uh, old Seinfeld episodes or some Turner or, Classic movies, and, or The Simpsons, or The Simpsons, or Rock, or <laughs> Rock, Rock, Rock Files. Files. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I don't know how long he sleeps out there, but eventually he does wake up and and go to bed. But uh, yeah, I know there are definitely some mornings that uh, since mom is an early riser, I know there are definitely some mornings where mom is getting up at the same time dad is going to bed which is pretty okay. hilarious um I definitely sidetracked us from tiny dancer okay tell tell me why tiny dancer makes your list you know d again this was you know driving around uh in the car listening to again mostly komo way back in the day uh, you know, am station out of Seattle. To me, that's that's the first thing that I think of with the song. Um, I knew I needed to have Elton John had it appear on this list somewhere for me, and it was it was hard to kind of pick. And but Tiny Dancer just 
for whatever reason, seemed to stand uh, above the rest. Saying like dad and I were talking about Elton John and, and keep in mind, I'm still really young. I'm like, you, you know, must have been like third or fourth grade or something like that. And dad said, you know, Elton John's kind of a weird guy. And I'm like, oh, why is Elton John weird? And dad said, well, Elton John himself said that he plays for both teams. And as an elementary school kid, I had no living clue what he was talking about. You know, it's like, oh, you know, is that like all-time quarterback when you're playing pickup football? Like, what, what does that mean? So he, play, <laughs> he plays for the Dodgers and the Angels? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Actually, I'm pretty sure he plays for the Dodgers. If you Google Elton John and Dodgers, you come across uh, the most awesome sequined uniform you could ever see. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. and by awesome, I mean, woo! what did I just look at? Yeah, woo! Um, I, so as I started thinking more and more about this song, and I'm sure as we get closer to our number one, this podcast is about to get a lot deeper, but... Uh, um, the other thing I thought about, though, with, with this Elton John pick, many, many moons ago, um, our, our nephew uh, came out to some family members. Uh, so when he came, so when it was told to me that he, he was gay, also at the same time, our niece uh, was pregnant. And so they were both going to drop those bombs on the same day. And I'm like, okay. Um, your grandpa and grandma can only handle one thing at a time. And uh, so eventually our nephew kind of hung on to that information for a long time. And, and eventually it was acknowledged to, to grandma, our mother, that he was gay. And, and we, you know, we didn't know exactly how, how dad was going to take that information as again, being a guy that was born during the great depression, you know, completely different era, you know? Um, so we didn't know how he was going to take it, I guess sometime this year. I can't remember. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was this year, you know, Jacob finally was like, look, man, I, I want to live my life just like everybody else. So if I want to date somebody seriously and want to take them to Thanksgiving with the family, I want to be able to do that and right. feel okay with that. And so it's like, okay, so it's, I guess it's time to tell grandpa and i honestly had no idea how how he would take it but uh you know i don't know if elton john paved the way for for how dad took the news but uh uh he was totally awesome about it so it was it was kind of cool to just see you know 83 year old guy just say like okay whatever like you're still my grandson i still love you you know like nothing changed and that was that was a, a pretty cool moment um and yeah. and I've I've always been kind of so mom if you're listening I've always been kind of uh critical about that whole situation it just from the standpoint of you know mom what felt like she was protecting you know our nephew from dad and, and you know I I said on a couple different occasions I'm like look I I get that dad is an opinionated old fart but um, give him credit. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just just think about this. And this is probably where I'm going to get emotional. Just think about all of the people that dad has 
has had an impact on in his life. Like th- these are, he gets along with the, the Island of the misfit toys better than anyone else. Yeah. And, um, even with the amount of stubbornness that he can exhibit, the, the dude understands, he understands, look, we're all in this together. We all have our crap that we have to endure. And if I can help you endure your crap just a little bit easier, um, let me help you. And that's, that's the essence of dad. Yeah. I, I, I always kind of figured that whenever he did come out, cause you and I have known for years, decade. I, I don't know about that. Yeah. A long time. And look, our nephew is one of the best people in the world. And absolutely. And, and I'm not just saying that because maybe he might be listening to this episode. <laughs> I I love him to death. He is one of the best people in the world. And um, just because of that, I knew that dad would be just like, cool, go, go be happy. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what it's all about is just finding happiness. Absolutely. All right. Um, on that note, <laughs> the my number my number three is "Old Man" by Neil Young. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you so much more live alone in a paradise that makes me think of true what more can i say about this song that i didn't already say on the episode that wayne and i did for harvest you know the lyrics of old man take a look at my life i'm a lot like you there's a lot of truth into in in that both good traits and bad ones It's just part of our genetic makeup or things that we've adopted from our, you know, our parents, um, things that, you know, I guess we just can't avoid. I mean, I hope that I'm a little more open emotionally with my kids than, than, uh, than dad, dad is, dad was, um, you know, I tried to make sure that I had the birds and the bees talk with my boys way earlier than that I had with dad. Yeah. So when did you have the talk? Oh, I didn't. I didn't have that talk. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that talk. And and you know what, um, bro? You know, I'm still waiting too. <laughs> I mean, he could at least at least have told us, "Hey, son, it's not just for being." <laughs> like he, he could have at least said that. I I think I think a somewhere somewhere, I think I did get that information. Okay. But well, that's I. That's good. I feel like maybe I saw it on TV first, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 
and you know going back to the whole inevitability of you know turning in a little turning into a little bit of your your dad looking at the recording that we're doing so we're well over an hour into this and we're just on number three so have we just totally pulled a don montgomery in in how much we're explaining each one of these songs uh we have definitely pulled a don montgomery we have talked for way too long yeah so because brevity is not his not one of the words that he knows very well um so so on that note skipping over to number two let's try and make this a little quicker all right number two go (laughs) oh oh gosh uh uh my number two um is styrofoam plates by death cap for cutie this album until way later than you um you know my introduction to death cab was transatlanticism and i think you were the one who kind of turned me on to that i i did read an interview with ben gibbard of death cab for cutie that talked about how he was trying to be more raymond carver in his lyrics and this one definitely fits that bill raymond carver one of my favorite authors most of his writings are really dark and depressing but you know every so often you can find a grain of hope through that gloom i just want to write one thing that even sniffs the same zip code as cathedral or where i'm calling from from uh, from carver i think though his his last line in this song really sums up that father-son dynamic and knowing what our cumulative number one song is going to be, what does that say about us as, <laughs> as the sons in this dynamic? Yeah. Um, so this was an interesting song for me to pick because obviously if you've listened, if you're still listening to us, um, you know that we don't feel this way about our father. Um, not at all, you know, and, and again, before I get into that, I, I just have to mention Ben Gibbard is definitely my favorite lyricist. Um, I, I wish I could write like him. I, I had heard in an interview, you know, years later after the song was released, cause it was released way back in 2001 on the photo album, um, that one of Ben Gibbard's friends had this really crappy father and, uh, when they were at the funeral, people were kind of standing up and, you know, were saying, you know, yeah, sometimes he would do this and this, but that's just the way he was, you know, sort of thing. And Ben Gibbard's kind of takeaway as he's hearing his friend hear the story is like, no, it's not just the way he was. Like, the dude was a jerk. The dude was an a-hole. Like, 
why aren't you just saying it? Sure, it's his funeral, but, you know, call a spade a spade sort of thing. And, and again, while, while this definitely doesn't fit our father, you know, this song, this story here, but as you're listening to the song, you know, how it opens with, um, they're trying to, you know, dump his ashes into the sea, but they get the ashes get blown back into their face, you know, and right. and then he talks about, you know, 13 years old in the suburbs of Denver and how he's standing in line at some Catholic church to get Thanksgiving dinner served to him on styrofoam plates. And cool, like we're counting our blessings, but and you know, wonder why are what we, we're doing here. Yeah, where's dad? Yeah. Where is dad in all of this? And, you know, the, the very last line is, you know, he was a bastard in life, thus a bastard in death. You know, again, I don't think that way about my father at all. But as I listen to the song, I definitely think a lot about, you know, my connection with dad, you know, and, and what that is. And, you know, dad and I, and, and we'll talk about this when we get to your number two song as well, but, you know, dad and I, again, because of this kind of double generation gap between us, we don't share a lot of common interests. Plus, you know, you're, uh, plus, plus you're a liberal. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I was, I was over there just this morning and he definitely had Fox news on. So, oh, uh, my God. yeah, no good, good times. No comment. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, like, yeah, dad and I are, are, are very different people yet. You know, I, I am very grateful for, you know, the support that he's giving me. Um, unlike the character in this song, you know, yeah. and, you know, one of the things I, you know, was telling somebody about, you know, just this week was, you know, how cool it was that my folks came out to, you know, this district soccer playoff game, you know, soccer is not a sport, you know, dad necessarily understands very well. And I, I, I feel like I've been explaining for the last couple of years how it works and, you know, he was so happy at the end of the game that we won big. And he definitely pointed out those things that I told him about. And and now that I'm also a head fast pitch coach at the, the high school that I teach at, like dad's at almost all of our home games. You know, we had four district playoff games at the end of our season last year, and he was at every single one. Yeah. And, you know, that means a lot. That's really cool that I get that sort of support. Um you know, even as an adult in life, you know, they're, they're there to cheer me on and the, the kids that I coach. And that's really cool. Um, so yeah, I, you know, for the fourth time, you know, as, as much as I love this song, as much as I love death cab, as much as I love this album, the photo album, this song doesn't necessarily, you know, sum up my relationship with, with dad, but Every time I listen to it, I always think about him. I always think about our dynamic and, uh, you know, how grateful I am for, you know, his support and, and everything I've done. Yeah. I mean, grow, growing up, he was my scoutmaster for years. 
same. He, yeah. um, the, the, the church calling that he had for a number of years was, you know, athletic director for, for our, uh, for our region. And, you know, he was very active in that as well. Um, yeah, there was just, there was that dynamic. I mean, heck he, I got to, I got to play on the same softball teams with him for a number of years. And you, you got to experience that even more because, you know, the old man played softball until he was 70 years old for crying out loud. And, um, that is fact. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's not an exaggeration. He was, he was 70. Not an exaggeration. So, no. So, uh, and, and, you know, going back, going back to the conversation of being at the farm and, and, you know, doing stuff around there and, you know, kind of rubbing shoulders with, with him being in the trenches of, you know, working around the farm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. And, you know, I, I can recite, you know, different texts or, or messages from my friends who are also very grateful for, what mom and dad have done for them. I mean, you know, case in point, Wayne, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to share, share something, you know, uh, I, I make the, I make the comment that he really is my brother. Um, cause uh, that's how I, I view him. I mean, he, Wayne lived with us for, for his, his senior year, my, our senior year. It, because he just didn't he didn't have a place to 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 stay in Tacoma and mom and dad graciously let him him stay there and he you know he kind of views mom and dad as a as a second second parent because I think that if you were to ask him on how he felt about his dad this song <laughs> this song I think would sum it up and mm-hmm. and that's the that's the tragedy of all of this is that you and I, um, you and I got something a little bit better than that. So, yeah. Anyways, um, moving on. My number two is uh, a song by Macklemore called "My Oh My." Seven ten a.m. No KJR. Daily House's voice would echo throughout the yard. Couldn't have been older than ten, but to me and my friends, the voice on the other end might as well have been God's. Nineteen ninety-five, the Division Series. Eggers up to bat, bottom of the eleventh inning. Got the whole town listening. Swung on and belted. The words distorted. Joy Core rounds third. Here comes Griffey. The throw to the place, not in time. My oh my, the Mariners win it. Yes, fireworks they lit up that ceiling in the. Kingdom, we had just made history. The love that I have for the Mariners, that's uh, the Seattle Mariners, the baseball team, for those of you who are not sports aficionados, 
So my love for the Mariners can be tied back to dad taking me to my first baseball game during the Mariners inaugural year. I'm not going to say what year that was. It was a long time ago. Um, and, <laughs> 1977. Uh, shut, shut <clears throat> All right. Uh, but there were lots of games after that and lots of Rainier's games or whatever they were known back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess the, what was the, like the Tacoma Tigers, Tigers for a number of years, etc. And I'm not sure if I should thank him for turning me into a lifelong Mariners fan, or if I should be cursing him for turning me into a long suffering Mariners fan. And the Mariners <laughs> had better hurry their butts up and win a world series because dad's not getting any younger. The, the one, the one, well, there's a couple things on the Mariners. So did you ever notice that dad's favorite players were usually not the superstars on the team? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember dad being ticked off when Jack Perconte lost the second base job to Harold Reynolds in um, spring training. Now, now don't get me wrong. I love Jack too, but we're talking about Harold Reynolds who would end up being an all-star. Harold, a great but player. he was ticked off that Jack Perconte, you know, lost, <laughs> lost his job. And, and I'll, also point out too, like one of my favorite players growing up was Scott Bradley. Who oh, absolutely. I, I, I feel like some Mariners fans would be like, wait, who? I think I've heard that name before, but like, I like Scott Bradley over Dave Valley, you know, and you know, my, to, it's kind of funny. Dad actually still has a, a cutout somewhere on his wall in the lab of when Scott Bradley got cut from the Mariners. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, you know, that the Mariners had some, some pitching problems and they needed to bring up another pitcher from the minor leagues and they let Scott Bradley go. And, um, yeah, you know, dad, dad's always rooting for the underdog. I always appreciate that. Yep. So last thing I just want to say about the, the Mariners. So my, my favorite sports moment of all time, the 1995 playoffs, you know, every everybody who's a Mariner fan knows the iconic, uh, you know, moment of Griffey sliding into home plate, you know, in extra innings from a Edgar Martinez liner down the third base line. And I was living in Utah at the time. Uh, Jeff was also living in Utah at the time. And as soon as they, as soon as they made the playoffs, got our airline tickets and we came up to Seattle to, to be a part of that experience. Guess who wasn't at that game with us? <laughs> you know, right. Dad, dad went to game three of that playoff series with us, but then he sold the tickets for games four and five to Jeff. Yeah. Like how Don Montgomery is that? That's, that's pretty incredible. Cause it, you know, dad bought those tickets for the three of us essentially, or, yeah. or a third ticket. Like, you know, I, I don't know if, if you were in contact with him and said like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming up for sure. You know, I, I did. I, I, there was definitely lots of phone calls <laughs> to, <laughs> awesome. when, when the, the, the Mariner, yeah. When the Mariners won that, uh, you know, that, that, that playoff uh, play game, play in game, play-in yeah. game. Yeah, the play in game against the angels. Um, 
it was shout out to Louis Soho. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, th- as soon as that happened, I was on the phone with dad and he's like, I'm going to get tickets and it's going to be fun. And, and, um, he went to game three with us yeah. and then, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff would, Jeff had money to, to, uh, to buy scalp tickets. That's what he did for game three. But dad was like, yeah, you can, you can have games four and five all, you know, they'll, they'll win and they'll go, they'll, they'll, they'll move on to play Cleveland, which they did. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I know he, he took you to those games, but, um, pretty Don Montgomery esque. Oh, for Um, sure. For sure. You know, just here take the shirt off my back, you know? (laughs) Um, yep. yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you and this is an awesome song for, for pick number two that, you know, a, again, the 95 playoffs are also my favorite memory from any sporting yeah. event. And I was the only one to go to all five of the home games. I think it ended up being, uh, right. from the tickets that dad purchased. Um, and each time I had to be dismissed early from school. So you know, how cool was I that, you know, I'm walking down the hallways of Tonino High School, putting on Dude. my my old teal Mariners cap going, oh, yeah. yeah, I get to go to these playoff games. So that was that yeah. was super fun. Should we go to number one? So my number one is also yeah. your number one. Yeah, I you know, when we talked about making this list. Uh, you you told me that you know you and Wayne were already working on one of these kind of top ten lists, and that you guys were not allowed to do duplicates. Yes, and and I basically told you I'm like I I can't pick another number one. There is no other number one for me. This is number one. So I I'm glad that we that you kind of agreed that this needs to be our joint number one because. You know, as as much as the other songs on our list totally fit our father in some way, shape, or form, this song is Don Montgomery. This song is our dad, and this song is a lot of people's dads, a lot of our listeners right now. I'm sure this encapsulates your father as well. Yep. So, take so it we away, bro. Yeah, we haven't even said what it is. All right. Yeah. So here's uh, here's Harry Chapin and Cats in the Cradle. I've long since retired, my son's moved away I called him up just the other day I said I'd like to see you if you don't mind He said I'd love to, Dad, if I can find the time You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids are the flu But it's your nice talking to you, Dad It's been your nice talking to you And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me He'd grown up just like me My boy was just like me And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man on the moon When you're coming home, son, I don't know when But we'll get together then, Dad We're gonna have a good time So dad would give me the lyrics to this song when I was in grade school. So just let that register for a minute. He gave those lyrics to me when I was in grade school. So, so whatever criticisms that we may have about dad and we, you know, we have a few, 
so he tried his best to not fall into the that pattern of that whole father-son dynamic, the cats in the cradle. But do we really truly escape the patterns that are talked about in this song? And you know, I I I catch myself with my own kids. <laughs> so case in point, I told 14-year-old to make sure that that nine-year-old went to bed um, at a reasonable hour. Um, you, you and I took a break really quick, which thanks to the magic of editing, you didn't even know that. And I walk outside of my office here and sure enough, the kids are playing video games. They're not in bed. It's 45 minutes past their bedtime. Um, so we don't ever truly escape the patterns. I think that were talked about in this song. You know, the one thing that I've never understood from the original version of this song was on that last verse when the narrator, he's talking to his son and then the son tells the dad, you know, work is crazy. The kids have the flu, but you know, it's, it's sure nice talking to you. And the father has this epiphany that his son has turned into him. It doesn't seem like it's that dramatic of a moment. Like, like he kind of knew that it was going to happen. Does that seem, does it seem weird to you? You know, I, I never really thought of it that much until, until you mentioned that to me, um, that, you know, there could have been maybe a little more emotion in his voice or, or something. But I mean, if, if you're strictly listening to this song just for the lyrics um, right. and kind of kind of ignore the rest of it, ignore the rest of the dynamics and ignore the music, then um, it's it's pretty plain as day, I guess. Yeah, but it, if you listen to the Ugly Kid Joe version from the early 90s, and yeah, this is going to be the first and last time ever on my podcast that I'm going to talk about Ugly Kid Joe. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, there there is an awareness, and I think it's a painful moment to the lead singer. I mean, w- watch the video especially, and I and I'll throw I'll throw this on the the Facebook page so that people can can see this. But I like their interpretation of this song because I think that there is this awareness that oh crap, my son just turned into me, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, as much as I'd like to say that I'm my own individual and I try to say that I'm more of a Mansfield, you know, I've got more of Mansfield genes than Montgomery genes, you know, I still have his DNA. And for instance, this is a really long story and Don Montgomery only knows how to tell long stories. So, and, and that's okay. Right. That's right. Long story for a long podcast. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So what do you have to, what do you have to share on, on this, this song? You know, well, one thing you didn't mention, which I absolutely got a kick out of when you, when we were comparing notes, um, very early on was you said that dad took the time to get out the typewriter and he typed out the notes for you or the, the lyrics to the song. That is freaking hilarious to me that he, took the time to use the typewriter like you know in in my world growing up uh, that may have been the 
first and last time that he ever used a typewriter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like he doesn't even use the computer. You know, mom no. uses the computer. No. You know, he doesn't use the computer at all. I've never seen the man at a keyboard. So the fact that he got out the typewriter to do that, uh, that had me rolling when you told me that story. But uh, yeah. Um, no, uh, you know, probably 11 years later, since there's 11 years difference between you and I, but probably about 11 years later, dad had kind of the same conversation with me and, and uh, you know, talked about this song and, and his hope that he would be a good father and uh, be there for, for me more than, you know, the, the father and son mentioned in the song. Um, you know, there'd be times where I'd say, you know, where is he? You know, this, this stinks. Like, um, you know, how come he never shows up to this thing or that thing? But, you know, honestly, that was, that was never really the case. You know, there was, you know, good friends of mine in high school whose parents barely came out to band concerts or their soccer games or whatever it was. And, but, you know, if, if dad could, he would make it to, you know, whatever that was. Yeah. I, I would like to think that that dynamic hasn't been, you know, wasn't, wasn't the case with us. And, and I know this song maybe has an extra layer of meaning to you because you are a father and I'm not, you know, so, you know, you have your own kids to, to worry about. And I'm sure, you know, you think about your dynamic with your kids and your dynamic with dad as well. So, right. And, and it is, this is a painful song to, to listen to. I mean, I quite candidly, my relationship with my oldest is not super great. It hasn't been for years. Um, just for the, for the listener. So my oldest has, has Asperger's syndrome um, it is a challenge for, for, for me on a regular best basis of trying to connect with him. You know, there's, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of frustration, I think on, on both of our parts. I'm trying and, and that, that's the, that's, that's what fatherhood is about. It's, it should be about, trying and trying to be there and um you know case in point not to toot my own horn or anything but today was a soccer game and today was you know my two oldest teenagers both had jobs and they worked worked on on saturday night and you know again through the power of editing you have no idea that I I paused the recording of this to to go check up on my daughter who came home late um, from from her shift at Panera and um, that's that's what I want to to be I want to be the the, the dad that's that goes to soccer games and is there for them and. And to to be to be a part of their life, and that's that's the essence I think of the of this song is even though we may fortunately get into those patterns of 
Um, you know, maybe I could have put work aside a little bit more, or I could have given a little bit more of myself. Um, you know, you, you're trying. And um, I, I think our dad, our dad tried a lot. And for that, I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful. Well said, man. Well said. All right. Anything else you want to add? Um, no, man. Uh, this is, this was a lot of fun to put together. Um, gosh, how long have we been talking about doing this podcast? Like six weeks, it feels like. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, um, it's, it's been, I gotta say, it's been really cool. Like to, to think about all of this for the last, you know, like month and a half, you know, somewhere in the back of my brain, knowing that we were going to do this and, you know, what, what songs best encapsulates a topic so big and so deep like this. So thanks for having me on. Uh, Absolutely. I, there, there wasn't another person that I would want to share just kind of opening up like this with than 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 my bro. So, um, I, I think just parting, parting comments is, um, dad, love you throwing positive vibes out to the universe for you. Amen. I, I feel like within our family, even though we get emotional at times about deep things like this, there is always you or I out there to be able to lighten the mood and say, dad, love you. You're still a really big dork. <laughs> uh, and we don't mean that you're a penis, dad. I mean, maybe. Oh, uh, well. We'll never know. <laughs> All right, dude. It's uh, it, it, it has been a pleasure revisiting this with you. Thanks for listening. Um, as always, let me see if I can get through this without choking up. Uh, go, uh, go support the arts. Go to a live show. Buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. Visit a record store and not just on record store day. Oh, and um, hug your dad. Hug your dad. And we're out. Out. <laughs>